Chapter Three of Almond Blossom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Almond Blossom by Olive Wadsley. Chapter Three. A secret between two is God's secret. Rabindranath Tagore. Biarritz, despite its baccarat, its cocktails, and its freesia, was not very satisfactory. Tony did not like large hotel life, and just then Biarritz was crowded. He seemed to move amidst the swirl of diamonds, dresses, high laughter, endless meals. Doro did not like it either. She saw little of Tony. She had a dull life. She said so in Spanish with a wail, and suddenly she grew pale, and all at once she was ill. For the first time, Francesca voluntarily cared for Doro. She walked with her in her arms, trying to soothe her, murmuring over and over the little words of love babies understand in any language. She had come in from a dance at the villa that Diana Arundel had taken for the season, and she had felt very tired, most inclined for bed. Tony, too, had been, as he put it, yawning his head off, since their return to the hotel, when Amelia knocked at the door and said with frenzied gestures that the blessed little one, the angel baby, was ill, dying, who knew, save the good God, what was to be done? Without being gifted with celestial wisdom, Francesca seemed to know. She had one glimpse of Tony's face looking stupid through fear. Then, putting on a penua, she ran to Doro's room. In her mind, as she rocked Doro, there raced a medley of memories culled years before from some little manual she had read with such youth and such earnestness hot water seemed all she could remember and she applied it and doro relaxed coughed pitifully and was better and francesca was conscious of a quick joy as she clasped that small figure and cuddled it down against her heart she walked up and down up and down whilst the darkness faded and the light came when tony tiptoed in followed by a little voluble doctor who seemed to have come for the sole purpose of telling francesca how clever she was when he had gone again and francesca was sitting on the couch with doro still sleeping tony came and knelt beside them he put an arm about francesca and leant his head for an instant against hers i say fay you are a ripper he said hoarsely that chap gomez says if you hadn't been so prompt doro'd not have had a chance i've i've wanted to thank you so much about um about well all this adopting her and so on but to-night he waited until doro slept in her cot with amelia watching fervently beside her then out in the empty corridor lit now by one long adventurous spear of golden light he lifted francesca in his arms you are dead tired he said he carried her into their room and laid her on the bed and disappeared into the bathroom to return with a kettle and a little spirit stove he lit the stove set on the kettle and measured tea from francesca's tiny silver caddy when the water had boiled and he had made the tea he carried francesca's cup to her and held it to her lips come on sweetness drink it up he had not called her that for years it had always been rather a high day and special term reserved for use on great occasions and not to be dealt with lightly or unadvisedly in this time of dawning the cup of tea tony's large dressing-gown figure his untidy mat of hair and that last expression 
seemed to francesca to make up for all the bitter sweetness of her gift of doro to him for all the self-torture and weary depression the tea was far too strong and it had no sugar in it and insufficient milk but it had nevertheless an olympian flavour now go to sleep there's a good girl tony said in his most fatherly masterly husband way they reached hurst point in the early autumn having travelled up through the chateau country very leisurely and at once life became a series of house parties of shooting by day of much bridge and poker in the evening and very little baby worship indeed doro appeared and disappeared and tony laughed at her and lost her save for one hour in the evening before dinner when he sneaked off to the nursery where he generally found most of the staff headed by old mrs beadle teaching doro english she learnt with amazing quickness just as she progressed in her walking so that one evening she strode from her chair to tony like a warrior going into battle topping said tony and doro added a new word to her growing list she had a way of choosing out from a sentence two words which expressed just what she wanted so that tony's invitation to come and walk a bit became from doro to him the command perfectly understood by both a bit and the nursery catchphrase give me a kiss baby an imperious kiss it was francesca though who introduced into nursery life a joy hit hereto unknown in the form of nick that redoubtable airier boy as doro came to call him and as nick knew himself to be the best ratter the pride of the yard and the distinction of his master until his fall which like lucifer's was mighty for nick became the nursery dog he was introduced into this paradise of the fallen by francesca he light-heartedly accompanied her thither one rainy afternoon when he had chanced to meet her in the hall and finding life dull had decided to walk a little in her company he went he was seen he was conquered by doro who ignorant of his prowess his reputation unaware even of the excellence and beauty of his shape clasped him about his middle and besought him to kiss nick looked into those green eyes and for him antony's temptation that of paris the adoration of romeo became a living thing he mutely worshipped and like antony forsook a warlike life to bask in luxury his master spoke to him rather in sorrow than in anger but nick was adamant he wagged a feeble tail but he remained with doro he would take an occasional walk with tony when it was very wet perhaps and the wind was rockety and there was a good earthy smell of leaves and rain he would go forth then beside tony and tony would talk to him like a father where's your sporting instinct now where's your professional pride you've let me down you've lowered the kennel standard the prestige of the yard and nick would listen his dark golden eyes serene his tail carried just so as one who said doro loves me and to doro he would return at a racing pace wet and muddy paws eager damp nose soaking coat and all as mrs beadle was wont to say tragically trying to clean first doro then nick after one of his perambulations how are the mighty fallen tony would say to him and nick would look from happy and harmful gazing into the glowing fire and say as plainly as plainly one ear up 
on to their paws he'll have to go to town with us later on you know tony said earnestly to francesca he'll pine away if he doesn't they were sitting in that wonderful interval of peace the dressing hour together matilda had not yet come and tony had dressed early francesca was lying on the couch before the log fire watching the little emerald and sapphire flames playing games together this sitting-room of hers at hurst point was her own entirely tony had given her everything in it at some time or another it opened out of their bedroom and was furnished partly as a dressing-room and partly as a sitting-room on the white walls hung portraits of tony a photograph of sargent's picture of francesca views of their homes there was a bureau where francesca wrote her letters and in one corner her big dressing-table with its five-winged mirror tony was mooning about happily his pipe between his lips sniffing scent-bottles giving his hair a last sleek down with francesca's brushes secretly he adored the clutter of francesca's dressing-table as he called it though he would never have owned to such a weakness but he did it intrigued and amused him just as francesca's extremely able management of their houses aroused his silent intense admiration he loved the finish of her her way of getting things rightly done and yet never talking about doing them at all francesca's voice came to him had a good day rather glad it was a run mud up to your neck and the softest going but a scent like a knife darling how splendid yes but i say polishing a thumbnail which would have needed a pot of polish to make it shine i say why didn't you turn out fay laughed he turned and looked at her with a surprised smile why anything funny on she was sitting up amongst a pile of frilly cushions her hair was done in a loose plait and she looked very young and gaily sweet tony went across to the couch and stood beside it looking down his brown face still smiling any special reason fay cleared a space for him sit down and i'll tell you he sat down obediently i suppose you were in the field until tea-time and i never knew some dodge like that no i had a more important reason give it up old lady tony you know you said just now we'd have to take nick with us when we went up to town in the spring as becomes a brave man i cling to my words tony suppose we stay down here miss the season darling i shouldn't care you know that but i won't have you chucking everything just because i love the country oh tony be like a husband in a play or a novel say no oh my darling it cannot be she stopped with a broken little laugh and for an instant there was a dead silence then she put out one hand and drew tony's cheek to her own darling it's true darling it's quite quite true after all after our despair after all the specialists said sir graham duke was here this afternoon and he's so pleased aren't aren't you pleased tony echoed thickly he thrust himself a little way away from her then caught her in his arms and held her so her head against his shoulder looking down at her face in the firelight she buried it against him suddenly and he sat on whispering at her kissing her hair the gong boomed out matilda knocked francesca stood up 
i've ruined your shirt darling run and change it whilst i dress i'll have to hurry just a second tony said he called out in execrable french to matilda to wait and then he went back to francesca i say sweetness he said unsteadily they stood so quite near to one another yet not even their hands touching for a moment then he bent and kissed her mouth and left her End of chapter 3 of Almond Blossom Recording by Mary Selkwee